so when so I grew up and and some of you know this, some of you don't. I grew up my so my dad was uh, a business guy in the Midwest, uh, and anyway, he quit the business world and actually sold the company and became a pastor. And when he decided to do that, me and my brothers were not like, oh, this is so awesome. What we saw that as is everything that we had was going away, uh, essentially. It was, like, it was like, Dad, what are you doing? And, and so he packed us up. He took this job in Washington State, and we lived in Indiana at the time, and all our relatives were there, and moves us to, to the state of Washington. How are you from Washington? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know you. Yeah, Spokane. Okay. Uh, so you know where I'm talking about. And uh, anyway, and Sal, yes, you're, you're other side of the state though. Yes. Okay. Um, now that we're cleared up. So anyway, I didn't want to go and and all that. But anyway, we go and into this community, and and I grew up in this environment where um, I'm seeing everything that's going on in this church. Like like, and and when I say I'm seeing it. It's, you know, both of my parents were very involved, and, and essentially, they really struggled with not bringing home the drama. And as a young kid growing up in that, what, what happened uh, was I started to associate Christianity with hypocrisy. Christianity, uh, to me, in a lot of ways, was disingenuine. Uh, it, was, it was something that you put on this front. And, and you agree to these things, and it, and it feels good in that. But at the end of the day, what I saw was emptiness in a lot of lives. And, um, and, and, and I remember just how, like, hearing some of the stories as, as my parents were talking and, and going to church and knowing that these people that are pretending they're this, they're definitely not that. And, and then it's tough because, you know, growing up and having your dad be the pastor, you got to hear people talking trash about your dad. And so, and, and you're like, wait a second, I thought we were on the same team here. Uh, and, and so for me, when I got to high school, I was like, I want nothing to do with this. Um, nothing to do with it. And, and, and so I, I completely turned away from Christianity. Uh, and, and I mean, I would go to church, you know, I, I, was, I was forced to go to church, uh, you know, but, but I, I wanted nothing to do with it. Couldn't wait to go to college. And then once, once I went to college, I didn't go to church at all. Um, and, and so... Uh, throughout college, my, my life ended up getting, uh, getting more and more miserable. I transferred multiple times, and, and then I ended up hitting rock bottom. And, and when I hit that, that bottom, that, that moment of like, I, there's, like, it can't get any worse, I remember that, that essentially it's like, well, what are my options here? And, and when you hit that place uh, of, you know, maybe that, that, that place you would call like the bottom, the, you know, the, the floor essentially of your life, you, it's like, what am I going to believe in? Because you got you to gotta decide what's going to get me out of here. And, and I think that when it comes to this conversation, this, this talk, and, and as we walk through these different religions, um, why do people even believe in something? It's because they needed something to get them out of something, or they needed something to believe in, to, to look towards, right? And, 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 so, and so these 
religions become this, this, this thing that's going to that's gonna get me out of my circumstances, this thing that's going to give me hope or something to look uh, forward to or just a purpose, right? I think so often we, just, we feel like I have no purpose. Uh, some of you right now, you're wrestling with your purpose uh, and, and you've uh, attached your identity to your purpose, so you're confused. Uh, things have not worked out. They haven't lined up. Uh, the job you thought you'd have, the career you thought you had, uh, you know, the way your schooling has gone it has not been how you mapped it out. And maybe you don't even want to be here right now, but you're here. You know? and, 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 and I think the, the thing that we have to ask ourselves and, and walk through is, is the thing I had to walk through, which was, what am I going to decide to believe in? And, and what is going to be the thing that, honestly, one of the questions is, what's going to be the source of authority for my life? Like, what is that going to be? And, and w- one thing that was really clear for me is, I am not a good source of authority for my life. Like, that was just a disaster, it was a mess. It's what led me to that depressed state, uh, that, that confused state, that, that state of just like hopelessness. That, that's what it led to. But then I think what was so tough for me is um, like Christianity for me was not just like an option. It was like an option I did not want. I didn't want to land there because for me, landing there meant embracing all these things that I didn't like, that I saw in people. And so one of the healthiest processes I, I ever had was exploring religion and really asking these difficult questions about Christianity and these other religions. And, and ultimately, that's what then led me to um, becoming a Christian, to really surrendering my life to Jesus. And, and so for those of you that maybe find yourself in this place of maybe confusion, um, maybe you're, um, you're taking bits and pieces of different religions or you're just like, you're trying to figure it out um, man, I have a lot of grace for you, to be honest. I, I, I know that that can be really challenging. And life in and of itself um, can hit you in ways that you're just not prepared for. And it confronts you with questions that aren't always easy to find the answers to. And, 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 and so we're going we're gonna to walk through this. And, and so this kind of was birthed out of me, honestly, looking for a place to turn and, and so the question is, what are we trying to accomplish in this series? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, well, one, it's not about bashing people who have different beliefs or mocking other religions. I want to be really clear on that because I've been in a lot of situations where that's what it was, is, hey, we're going to talk about, you know, religions and, and that, uh, but essentially what it was is we're going to bash all the, relig- all the religions that don't uh, agree with, with us. That's not, that's not my purpose. That's not my point. Uh, what we want to do is to bring clarity to the distinctives of what we believe, and we want to see how those are, di- how those are different than other uh, religions. We're going to answer the question, the question that I get asked all the time, do the differences even matter? Do they matter? Do all faiths uh, take us essentially to the same place, to the same outcome, to the same God? I hear that a lot. I hear I, um, my wife's brother, uh, he, he just was like, well, they're all kind of the same. And I was like, <laughs> no. And you don't even need to believe what I believe to know that that's a no. 
But a lot of us, we, we, don't, we don't see a problem with that. But you guys, you, what we're going to talk about is how um, that doesn't work for, for a lot of religions. Uh, a lot of religions don't play well in the sandbox with each other. Although culture says, oh, it's okay, right? And some religions are all about everything's okay, right? But for the most part, what, you, what we're going to see and unpack is, is, is most religions um, claim this exclusivity in some way. Okay, and so we're going um, to interact with that. We're going to talk about that. Um, but once again, I want to go back to that first question. We have to first consider what our source of authority is for what we believe. Now, tonight what I want to do is give you guys kind of this, uh, this foundation to Christianity, okay? Because if we're going to unpack other religions in the coming weeks, uh, we have to first understand what we're uh, essentially comparing it to. And if you don't know what, what Christianity is, and that's the framework for this, how in the world are you going to be able to understand how this is different? And some of you have read into different religions, right? And, and different ones, maybe you've had a different religion before, and it was through reading that you gained clear understanding, or, or maybe you became more confused. And so I want to help bring clarity, first of all, tonight to Christianity. And what I'm going to do is talk about these core essentials, these core doctrines, um, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to throw a bunch of verses at you. Okay? Yeah. All right. Awesome. So let's talk about um, the doctrine of authority. Okay, when it comes to Christianity, the Bible is our final source of authority when it comes to our faith and how we practice it. Okay, so, so for us, for me, when I talk about um, the source of authority for my life, it is God's word, what we call the Bible. Okay, and, and, and what's, what's powerful is scripture itself testifies that it's complete in what it reveals, and that it's the standard and final authority on all matters of doctrine, faith, and practice. Okay, listen to some of these verses. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy 4.2 says, You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. And then in Revelation 22.18 and 19, it says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book which if, you, if you've been hanging with us on Sunday, it's not a pretty picture. And, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. So what, what's the core there when it talks about the authority of Scripture? What, what Christianity is claiming, what we claim to believe, if I'm a Christian, is the Bible is my main source of authority, and it was not uh, men and, and women that were out there and, and just like, ooh, this sounds good. Ooh, this is good. Uh, have, you, have you guys ever had a moment like that where, where something just comes to you and you're like, that's good? Have you? You can raise your hand. Yeah, some of you, like three of you. Yeah, um, the rest of you never get that. But anyway, I, I get that. And, and, and oftentimes it'll be like at night, I put my head on my pillow 
And I'll be like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. And I'll get out my notes section on my phone and like write it down and then forget it and forget it ever happened, you know, and then look at it like four weeks later and go, what is that? Like, what does that even mean? Why is that there? You know, and I'll delete it, you know, but, <laughs> but there are these moments where, and, and, and sometimes I think we read the Bible and for some of us, we're like, oh, they just thought that was great or that's great for them and that culture and that, and, 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 it, and it's good. It's, uh, you know, Jesus is a great man. He's not God, but he's great. And so these are good things to apply, to take. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom here, but it's not authority over my life. And what you need to know is the Bible claims to be uh, from the mouth of God. In other words, it wasn't men and women uh, that were, that, that, like I said, were out there and just, oh, this sounds good. Let's put, let's put this together. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's literally men directed by uh, God uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and God's word claims to be um, complete. Uh, it, it doesn't need anything added to it or taken away. In fact, there's a threat for doing that. Like, don't do it, <laughs> right? That's what it's saying. It's complete, uh, it's final, and, and it's profitable. It says for teaching, for reproof, and for correction, and for training in righteousness. Uh, in other words, it is, it is perfect for helping you navigate life and knowing what the will of God actually is, okay? Um, and you can go to it and you can trust it. Now, the next thing that we have to understand is what is even uh, the doctrine of God. Now, here's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that there is one God and only one God, okay? Now, once again, these are, these, are, these are really important things when we talk about unpacking different religions. So the Bible itself, in fact, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Isaiah 44, 6, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Okay, so, so there is one God. So, so if as, a, as a Christian, my belief is based upon uh, the word of God. The word of God clearly states there is one God and one God only, but where does it get confusing? Come on, come on. It's night one. Trinity, right? Trinity. And, and, and guys, uh, let's first be honest with the Trinity. You will not fully understand the Trinity. Like, you can't. You're like, oh, I can't. No. I could give you analogies all day. At the end of the day, our minds cannot comprehend it. Okay? We cannot fully understand. But what we do see in Scripture is even though there is one God, one God in essential being and nature, we read he is also three persons. Okay, uh, and, 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 we, and, we, and we start to see this right out the gate in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in, he says, our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the, hev of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Later in Genesis, Genesis 3, 22, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. In knowing good and evil, now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Okay, so, so us, uh, made in our image. Um, and so in addition to speaking of God as one, we see also the plurality of God's personality, don't we? 
We see that the, uh, the scriptures are actually specific in naming God in terms of three persons, right? So in the Bible, there is a person whom the Bible calls the Father. The Bible calls uh, him God the Father, all right? So Galatians 1.1, Paul, it says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So the Bible talks about God the Father. The Bible talks about a person named Jesus uh, or the Son um, or the Word, and he's also called God. Okay? In fact, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. It's talking about Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 5, 18. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Okay, so we have Jesus, the Son, uh, also God. Then there is a third person mentioned in the Scriptures called the Holy Spirit. And in his person, different from the Father and Son, but he is also part of the one triune God. Okay, um, and, and we, we see the Holy Spirit having a role. In fact, in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, uh, it says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God, it says. Okay, so we have God the Father, we have God the Son, we have God the Holy Spirit. Okay, three persons, one God. Now, when it comes to Jesus, this is really important. In fact, uh, almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus asked his disciples in, in, in the book of Matthew the ultimate question. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Guys, you, if, if, if you're going to approach Christianity, if you're going to believe Christianity, you have to be able to answer that question. Like, you have to know. That's why Jesus is like, who do you say I am? Everything else falls apart if you can't answer that. Who do you say I am? And your answer to that could put you in a different religion, huh? And so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge question. It is central to the Christian faith. It's the identity of the founder, Jesus Christ. And so this is, the, this is maybe the most important question that you have to answer is, is what is a proper view of who Jesus is? And Christianity has always affirmed that, that first of all, although Jesus was supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was uh, God in human flesh. In other words, Jesus was also fully man. Okay, so fully God and yet fully man when he came to earth. Uh, in fact, in, in, throughout scripture, we see this uh, about his humanity. It, it highlights his humanity so that we'll know that. Um, in, in fact, we read things like he grew intellectually and physically, right? Uh, it says he desired food. That's a very important thing. He became tired. He needed sleep. We see that he cried and he died, right? 
So, so, so the Bible's really clear that, yeah, he's fully God, but he was also fully uh, man. And so he was a man, but he was uh, more than just a man. He was God in human uh, flesh. And, and while Scripture clearly teaches he was a man, it likewise also makes it clear that he uh, was God. In fact, in John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Um, Titus 2, 13, it says, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, so what do we read about Jesus? That's so important. He created all things. He upholds all things. He directs and guides the course of history. He forgives sin. Uh, he gives eternal life. He will raise the dead at the resurrection at the end. He will be the judge of all humanity in the final uh, judgment. And, and what we also see about Jesus, Jesus didn't only claim to be God. He also demonstrated that he had the ability to do things that only God could do. Okay, so, so all throughout Scripture, we see um, Jesus doing miracle after miracle, uh, pointing to the fact that he is God. Uh, we see he is self-existent, he is eternal, he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, he is present everywhere. And then also, he has the perfect uh, moral attributes of God in how he lived and how he acted. Okay? And so we have to understand and know who Jesus is, and it's going to be more important here in a minute when I unpack what, what salvation uh, is and how he's the centerpiece for that. But then we lastly have the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the third person of the Holy Trinity, um, and, and he has all the attributes of God. Um, he's all-powerful, eternal, all-knowing, um, and, and he's involved in, in, in all of these works that only God could do, including creation. Uh, the new birth that happens in our lives when we receive Jesus as our Savior, the resurrection of Jesus, the inspiration of the Bible. Uh, I, I always call the Holy Spirit the mouthpiece of God. Uh, he's the mouthpiece of God. He's the messenger. And then he's the one who enables and empowers us uh, to do what we're called uh, to do. Um, and, and so it's really important that we understand those things. Now, when it comes to um, essentially the the doctrine of, we'll call it the church, right? The church. Uh, when I say the church, it's people that have um, surrendered their lives to Jesus. Okay, It's people that have said, I am a Jesus follower. I believe this. And, and what we see is the church itself is made up of these individuals who have trusted in Jesus as their Savior. And what was necessary through Scripture to make a way for these people to be received and accepted as, um, as a follower, to, to receive eternal life, there had to be, something had to happen. Why? Because what we read in Scripture is the, the sin issue. Okay? If you're going to go on with Christianity, you need, you need to know that at the heart of it is it's dealing with a sin issue. Okay? In fact, we see in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is, is death. But I love the second part. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there had to be an atoning work for this sin that we all have had since, since Adam and Eve. We all born into it. We all deal with it. We struggle with it. Something had to happen because one of the other key characteristics of Christianity is 
You can't be good enough. You can't love enough. Uh, you, can't do, uh, you can't perform well enough for God to accept and receive you. Okay? In other words, you cannot earn your salvation. There's a fundamental sin problem. You're not perfect. He is perfect. There's nothing you can do to be perfect. Okay? Uh, and, and, and so there had to be a sacrifice for that sin, and that's the atonement. That's what Christ did on the cross for us. Good Friday, this Friday. We're, we're, that's, what, that's what we're doing. We're going to uh, have a gathering centered around the death of Jesus. And, and it's like, well, why is that good? It's good because that was the atoning work that had to happen. Like, there is no salvation if that doesn't happen for us, okay? Um, and, and so we believe, when it comes to this doctrine of salvation, we believe that the Bible teaches that salvation is by grace, a free gift of God to all those who believe in Jesus. Now, once again, Jesus here is the, the, he is the cornerstone of this. Because what we believe in Christianity is that salvation comes exclusively, exclusively. Are you hearing this? Okay, so Christianity is going to claim exclusivity when it comes to salvation. So what, what that means for you is you cannot take Christianity and then combine it with other things. Christianity says no. Okay, it, it, why does it say no? Well, Jesus is as clear as he can be in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, so that's tough, right? If you're interacting with someone or you're, you're, maybe you're in this room right now or you're listening to the podcast and you have a different religion and maybe you've kind of approached everything like I can kind of just bring it all together and take the parts of the Bible that, that I like because there's parts I like and then kind of disregard the parts I don't like, acknowledge Jesus as a teacher, acknowledge that I believe that he was real and all that. I don't know if he did all of those things, but I acknowledge he's real uh, and that. And then, but, but I kind of like how this, this environment makes me feel, this practice, um, you know, this way of viewing the world. I, I like it. I, I kind of resonate with that. And so I'm going to kind of take these pieces together. God's word says, no, that doesn't work. Okay, now, now, what are you hearing here? Well, I'll tell you what, what, what you're hearing is Christianity in and of itself is intolerant of other religions. Okay, because Jesus says, I am the way. I am the only way. He's like, I'm not, I'm not one of many ways. Um, no, like, like Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one gets there. No one gets to heaven but through me. And those who receive Christ by faith, their sins are forgiven, and they become children of God, a new creation in Jesus. Guys, this, this is the gospel, the gospel message in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Paul says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Resurrection. That's victory. Right? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works 
that no one may boast, okay? So what's the other thing Christianity is continuing to hit on when it comes to the gospel message? The gospel message is what saves us when I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It's saying it's not by your... Man, you guys are just really energetic. Okay, really excited to do worship after this. Um, So it's not by your works, Okay, once again, we're going to unpack other religions, you guys, and I'm going to tell you right now, your works are going to play a role in getting to the heaven that we're going to read about. And what really separates Christianity is it says it's not about your works. It's not because of your works. It's never been about your works. In fact, it says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, And guys, you know what? When I was at that place, that resonated with me so deeply because I was so aware of how far I was from God, from being this worthy, uh, this this like... um, of, of, of being this person that's in love with my savior and all that, like, like none of those things were there yet. But what I just really was blown away with was that he loved me so much that he initiated the relationship with a broken and disconnected and unworthy person like me, that he initiated that. And guys, the other religions that I studied, it was like, man, I have to initiate and then I have to measure up. And then once I've measured up, I have to keep measuring up. And then I have to keep performing and, 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 and I better keep. And, and, and sometimes what's really tough is you don't know how good is good enough uh, other than somebody's gonna decide at some point. And, and so you're, you're, you're like literally trying to go forward with all that guilt and you're trying to make it work. And, and, there's, and it's all fear-based, isn't it? Because you're just like, someone's going to define if I'm good enough. Someone's going to define if I'm good enough. Christianity starts with the very point of you're not good enough. Like, you're not. And guys, for me, that was huge because that was real. I was like, I'm not good enough. Like, I, there's no way I could sit there and go, oh, I'm good enough. I was a wreck. And, and so that was a truth that really, really resonated with me. And, and, and guys, what I love about Christianity too is when you talk about the doctrine of man in Christianity, it's this. You and I, we're, we're made in his image. We're made in his image. What an amazing thing. So we're made in his image. We're, we're confronted, pizza guys here. We're confronted with um, like, like all of these realities that we're not good enough. Poor guy feels, no. But uh, we're confronted with all of these realities that I'm not good enough, and yet he says, you are made in my image. I say, I love you. I, I, I know that, that you've done all these things. I still love you. And, and guys, uh, lastly, what I want to just say is this, and this may be not the most encouraging thing to go into worship to, but here is, here is I, I don't want to lie to you. I just don't want to lie to you. I don't want to just paint this rosy, you know, all good picture. I think we do that and we've done a disservice and a lot of people are in suffering mentally, physically, and they don't know what to do because Christianity didn't hold up to the promise that someone presented to them. And so I wanna be really, really honest with you, okay? And this is a very um, defining thing that separates Christianity from a lot of the different religions that we're gonna look at. You guys, Christianity at its core is a call to suffer, Like that's like, 
It's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Paul, don't read Paul. Called to suffer over and over and over and over. Jesus, pick up your cross and follow me. Guys, <laughs> when I study other religions, it's funny. I feel like they're trying to like woo me. You know, and when someone's like sharing, sharing about it, they're like, ooh, ooh you know. And, and, and Christianity is so backwards when it comes to like making people just, ooh, you're going to feel so good. It's like, no, this is an invitation to suffer. And, and Jesus' encouraging words to you are, pick up your cross and follow me. Well, where did Jesus go? To the cross. You know, a horrible death, right? And, and, and so, now that's not how you start the conversation if you're sharing your faith, okay? Like, don't start with that. Well, let me tell you how awesome it is. Like, but that's true. That's a reality. And that, that's a very defining point here, is that the call to follow Jesus is not convenient, it's not comfortable, and uh, it's a struggle. It's very hard. Um, and there's pain and suffering. And so, guys, these are, these are the core things when it comes to Christianity. Call to suffer who Jesus is. But ultimately, guys, you go back to the gospel, you go back to salvation, right? You're given a new name, a new identity, a new birth as you receive him as your Lord and Savior. And you have the promise of eternity with him, which is an incredible promise. And the reality that you're never going to be good enough and you're going to continue to make mistakes, but because of what Christ did on the cross and through his resurrection, you have forgiveness to meet you at every point that you're in that need, okay? So remember that, reflect on that. And guys, as we unpack these other religions in the coming weeks, we're going to continue to go back and we're going to look. Okay, so this is what Christianity claims here. This is what they're claiming. Where do we go? Where do we land with this, okay? And, and I think it's going to be really helpful for us. And, uh, and I pray powerful for us in not only defining our faith and why we believe what we believe, but hopefully, um, you know, once you understand it, you guys, man, for me, it's like, it's exciting. I run towards it. And, and I hope that happens for you.